Support for this podcast comes from Social Talent. Social Talent is the training platform for hiring teams, giving you the knowledge and skills you need to find, hire and develop great talent. Designed for everyone involved in the hiring process, this market-leading platform provides training through a comprehensive library of video content delivered by the world's best hiring experts. Trusted by the likes of IBM, Intel and Siemens, Social Talent has trained over 80,000 people across 100 countries and 1,000 organisations. Last year alone, they enabled a million hires worldwide. Find out more at www.socialtalent.com. That's www.socialtalent.com. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 243 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Over the last few years, there's been a global shakeup in the way that companies recruit future talent to their organisations. Many employers are now extending their search way beyond university and college graduates to explore more diverse pools of talent. But what is the best way to attract and assess future talent in 2020? My guest this week is Cameron Sorsby, CEO of Praxis, a six-month startup bootcamp aimed at upskilling entry-level talent. Cameron has some brilliant insights to share on how companies should be attracting and assessing their future talent. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Cameron, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. How's it going? An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here, Matt. Um, I am the CEO of Praxis. We are a six-month startup bootcamp, and our goal is to help young, driven people launch their careers without relying on degrees and helping growing growing companies find the best entry-level talent. Fantastic stuff. And I think the whole kind of bootcamp approach is, is really interesting. And we'll come back and sort of talk about that later in our conversation. Uh, before we do, though, obviously, the work that you do must give you some really interesting insights into the challenges that employers face rec- recruiting entry level talent. I mean, w- what kind of are those challenges? And, and, and how, how have they changed in the last few years? Yeah, so, you know, through through the program, we we work very closely with you know startups and obviously specifically on on entry level recruiting for you know sales marketing customer service kind of those more generalist non technical types of roles and I think the biggest problem and there there's a few things that kind of fall under this umbrella but um, the the broadest problem I would say is that it is really difficult to to hire with confidence at that entry level because you don't have a lot of information about you know if if a candidate is going to be successful. Um, the the kind of biggest biggest signal that you have from candidates at that stage is you know typically their their education status and maybe some minimal work experience um, and that's just not a lot to go off of and and if feels like to me the companies that have trouble 
they they have a sense of their hiring in the dark for um, for these types of positions. And then the second thing is, I think it's it's hard to attract the right type of person. I, I think companies have a difficult time framing and selling why these entry level opportunities are actually great like career starting points for for the right person. I mean I mean that that makes perfect sense and I th- I think it's probably worth sort of digging into into both of those in a bit more detail. Starting with the with the attraction bit. You sort of mentioned that the employers have difficulty sort of framing the opportunity in a way that presumably engages with this particular target audience. Obviously you you attract a lot of people onto your program. What sort of techniques and, and strategies do you use to 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 kind of really engage with this kind of entry level audience? Sure. So, and, and I think, you know, this, what I'm about to say, like, I I think companies can take the same approach, even though obviously like they're hiring employees where we're trying to recruit customers for our bootcamp, but you know, essentially we're, we're looking for the same outcome is, is, um, filling these types of entry level positions. And, um, I think taking a very strong sales-based approach, like you have to put yourself in in the candidate's shoes. So when we're recruiting participants for the program, you know, we they they come from all walks of life, and we have different you know marketing channels, etc. But at the end of the day, our pitch to them is that our goal is to help you become a better version of yourself and launch your career successfully. And, and I think companies and the companies that we work with that, you know, our participants are most excited to work for, they do the best job of communicating why coming in and doing more of that, like entry level grunt work at our company is going to, you know, be a fantastic opportunity for you to grow personally and professionally. Um, young people want to, they want to paint a vision for their, for their own future. And they want to be excited about how they're going to grow, what they're going to get out of these opportunities. Whereas I think the typical recruiting and, you know, job posting that you see out there it's it's giving you a list of pretty uninspiring bullet points of requirements and and activities that that you're going to be doing in this job and and the best the the most talented young people out there they they want to feel more more inspired and and understand like okay how are they going to grow what is the value beyond just, Hey, I have a paycheck and I have a nine to five, you know, stable job. Like what am I going to get out of this? And, and companies want to be attracting that more ambitious, uh, type. So I think there's a gap there. Absolutely. And I mean, I've seen this from some employers, but, but do you think there's still this sense when employers are writing, uh, are writing job ads and, and scoping out jobs that the, the, the people who get those jobs are lucky to work here? They're almost doing them a favor so they don't have to sell, speak to them on a personal level or, or, or sell, sell those career benefits. Is, is that still, is that still a thing? Yeah, I think, I think that's, probably how how most companies approach it i don't think they do it intentionally even if there's a lot of demand for to uh, fill those positions and it's not necessarily like you're able to fill that headcount 
it's it's not like it's a huge pain point. I still think you know companies are missing out on on a big opportunity to to maximize the talent that they can have at that entry level, um, and and it may not be a necessarily a short term issue, but when you're thinking about how do you want to grow your company over time and talent development, um, I think you know the best companies they have true kind of talent pipelines that start in those entry level positions and and can get you know really talented um, young professionals to to start with their company and to continue to grow with their company over three to five years and they're becoming more valuable over time and so I, I think it it's vital for for the best companies to be kind of having a long-term approach to recruiting um, even if you're able to fill those, you know, sales development rep positions, those customer su- success rep positions relatively easily, you're probably leaving a lot of opportunity on the table with, you know, the type of talent you're able to attract. Absolutely. I mean, that that, that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, I suppose digging into the, the other challenge that you raised, the, the kind of the issue of assessment and, and selection and this sense of, of, of hiring in the dark because people don't have a, um, a, a long track record that, 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 could, that can be looked at. How are the best companies getting getting round that? What are they what are they doing to to really assess the, the, the future potential of the people joining their organization? Yeah, I, I think what I've seen is a much more project-based approach to the hiring process. Instead of relying on, you know, the traditional process of, you know, all right, all right resume review, then, you know, any number series of, of interviews with various team members. Um, I think the best companies that, that we work with um, do kind of, they start the hiring process. Their first communication with with their candidates is very much a sales process. the The number one goal is to get people excited and bought in, so that you know the best people are are going to be attracted to that. And then trying to you know find ways to replicate. Okay, what what are the specific skills needed to do this job well, and how can we kind of create projects and assignments? For candidates to do um, in the meantime, one of one of the companies we work with, they they have their kind of entry level sales and uh, their customer advocate position. They have them present. Um, they have them te- the candidate teach the interviewer how to learn. You know, they they pick their favorite app on their phone. And they put together a slide deck to teach them like as if you were teaching a five-year-old, like, how do you use this? And and that type of assessment, it it gets them because like essentially the role is, you know, teaching and helping customers troubleshoot and, you know, solve their problems and stuff. So they're actually doing something where you can take something and we want you to to teach us how to use this thing. And that's a better represent that's a better way to kind of get at like okay is someone going to be successful in this job like how are they communicating this how are they you know putting the guide together etc rather than hey let's talk for 30 45 minutes about your previous experience and it's it i think that allows hiring teams to um take a a less gut-based approach 
It's like, well, you're you're really going off of like, do you like this person or not? Rather than can they do the job? And I think that makes it much easier um, to prevent, you know, people that are are strong interviewers, but not necessarily going to be great fits for specific roles. A question on quality of candidate experience. Lots of um, technology is being utilized when dealing with this this kind of hiring. So everything from recruiting automation to, to video interviewing to, to chatbots, all of those kind of things, particularly um, if that company's hiring at scale. What kind of attitude are you seeing from candidates and and the, and the people that you work with to, towards this technology is it something that that they're embracing or is it kind of making the recruitment process more more unpleasant for them i mean for us specifically our whole like the essentially the second half of our boot camp is focused on guiding our participants through the job hunting process so we get into the nitty-gritty of what is the best way to initially reach out to companies uh, for specific opportunities, interview performance, all all the stuff that goes into the hiring process. And our approach is not how can you not how can you optimize yourself as a candidate to go through a company's set process, but how what can you do to bypass that initial gatekeeping that you know tech, that companies are using, technology more and more to kind of handle um and how can you what can you do to kind of get to a real live human at the company as soon as possible whether that's the hiring manager or somebody that works on on the team that you're trying to join and and could serve as an ally um or you know also reaching out to you know the recruiting team as well and and so i think it makes relying on technology for recruiting um, I think, I think there's certainly some value there. Um, if you can, can make kind of, you know, initial, you know, the top of the hiring process, the top of that funnel more efficient for your team and you don't have to rely on as, as much manual work, but I think it's very easily to, to kind of neglect the human side of hiring. Um, I think it's, I think companies get in trouble when, they rely when they're too dependent on a list of criteria and not a, and not enough on like how can we how can we form relationships with potentially strong candidates um, and I definitely I think there's an onus on candidates to to make that effort to stand out because if if you're somebody that you know this is an example that our participants do regularly instead of submitting their resume through the online application and they will they will do a 2 minute video pitch with with slides that they put together explaining why one they're excited about the company two why they're excited about the specific role and then three why they're a great fit for that and then they go and do the the sales work to find hey who would be the best person to reach out to at this company and I'm going to find their email I'm going to send them a personalized email um Nine times out of ten, if if you're going to receive an email like that, that's going to grab your attention. And even if that person doesn't end up being the best fit for the job, you're at like the fact that someone is taking the time to to put in extra effort to apply to your company 
you're 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 much more likely to to give that person your time as well. Um, and and I honestly I think that's for companies and for candidates. That's also a way. That's just a more fun experience than going to Indeed. I'm going, you know, and submitting a hundred a hundred applications uh, on the candidate side, and then on the company side, you have you know a few hundred resumes to sift through and and see you know who's worth interviewing. So I think the more personal you can make the job hunting process on both sides, uh, the better off um, both parties will be. Tell us a little bit more about uh, about boot camps. How? What's the difference between going to a boot camp or, or going to college? Uh, and what's kind of driving the driving the growth in this um, in this sector? Yeah, um, I I think you know boot camps and colleges are fundamentally two different products. Um, but I, I think you know. We, we kind of view college as both supposed to be this um, enriching life experience as well as like this is the best way to actually start your professional life. And, and I think, you know, the, the growth of boot camps over the past decade, it's their college hasn't necessarily been living up to the promise of of starting, you know, the best way to start your professional life. Um, when you just think about it, it's, it's a very expensive, both financially and in, and I think even more importantly in terms of time as a way to actually get your career started. Um, so I think boot camps have, have just been kind of filling that, that gap on, on the market. Um, that, that college I think has been not necessarily fulfilling, uh, especially in the last, you know, 10, 20 years or so. Um, what, and so with Praxis, you know, the way, the way we think about our program is, is really Praxis is two things. It's, it's first, you know, our core product is the bootcamp itself. And the focus of that bootcamp is to take somebody who clearly has all of the raw talent um, that you would like to see from a strong young professional. They have, you know, the work ethic, the grit, the intellectual curiosity, um, you know, strong communication skills. The, like these are the types of things that I think are, you know, that you see in more like entrepreneurial young people and that tend to be really good fits to, to fill, um, kind of those non-technical roles on growing tech companies. Um, you don't you don't need a lot of hard skills going into those roles. What's more important is the soft skills and tangibles. And so with the core program, like our number one goal is to help you successfully transition into your career, into your professional life uh, without feeling the feeling dependent on your degree status. Um, you don't need to rely on degree status to get these kind of these types of early career opportunities. And then once you're able to kind of get to that level, now, now you have a lot of options. Um, and there, I think there's more career mobility. And, and the really cool thing is if you are doing a boot camp like, like ours as a replacement for college, um, now you're, you're not limited by, you know, especially here in the United States, the, the student debt. That, that you take on. And that just gives you more freedom and flexibility to have a, I think a, a, a better, more like a, 
a better discovery process in the first, you know, five to 10 years of your career. Um, if you can start with, with as little debt, um, and you know, less of a burden and as much experience as possible, if you can get the more experience you can get earlier on the, the more informed you're going to be about what you do like, what you don't like the other, you know, areas you want to explore. And you're going to find out things uh, about the, the types of work that you're interested in that you would never have known before. So the, our goal is really just to get you to that point as quick as possible. And then beyond that, um, the really cool thing is, you know, Praxis is also this professional development community community for our alumni. We want to keep working with our participants beyond the program itself. And, you know, what are those, whether, what are those things that we can offer people as they, um, expand into their career, you know, the two to five years after the program. Final question. What, what does the future look like for your, for, for your sector and indeed the sort of the, the future of, of entry level hiring? What, what, what are your kind of predictions for the next couple of years? So with the kind of the boot camp and higher education landscape, I, I feel pretty confident that we're going to see more and more competition open up and more options for people. Um, you know, I think education overall, and this applies to university as well, it, it's kind of treated as a one, one size fits everyone process. And, and that's just not the case. Um, I think, you know, we, this is what we tell participants all the time. Like you're, you're able to do the things that you do through Praxis on your own. But I think, you know, we, provide we provide a space where you know you can do them quicker and and with you know maybe better guidance and stuff and i think you're going to see a diversification of kind of of boot camps and just you know various offerings at that stage to help people that have different interests and different skill sets kind of get their career started um and you know i, I think the the more variety you see the better that consumers uh, will will be, and then at the at the recruiting, um, I I really do think that there's there are pretty strong trends that are going away from relying on standard credentials to to make you know hiring decisions, especially at the entry level, but really across the board. Um, and I think that that's a bit in conflict with um, kind of the rise of, you know, technology in in recruiting. And I think, again, like like I was saying earlier, I think the, the companies that our candidates most respond to, that they're most excited to apply and, and try to get jobs at, they make that hiring process feel very personal um, from job postings to initial interviews to, you know, the various activities that they're doing. Um, they make it, they're, they, they do the best job of actually selling talent on why they would want to come here. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's not going away anytime soon. And, and I think we should be asking like, how can, how can technology supplement the core objective of recruiting, which is, you know, making it more personal and, and attracting and identifying the, the best talent we can. Cameron, thank you very much for talking to me. You bet, Matt. Enjoyed it. My thanks to Cameron Sorsby. 
You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also listen to the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.